2: Okay, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. So we're actually doing something different today. And I thought about coming to Danny with this idea after a friend of ours, I think we mentioned this on another podcast, that he was like, do you do any just light topics? <laughs> and so I don't know how light we're going to keep this, but the idea is this. So I'm not sure how interesting this is going to be for everyone, but if you are a, a regular listener to the podcast and you know a little bit about Danny and I, this might be interesting. We're going to do a little 21 questions. So I wanted to have an opportunity to maybe ask Danny some things that didn't quite fit into a whole episode, but would be a little bit maybe off the wall, a little bit maybe embarrassing, maybe a little bit interesting that really we don't have another place for some of these questions and it could be fun to just interview each other.
1: Yeah. And I think if you don't know us really well, this might be a really good episode to get to know us and maybe even know things you didn't want to know. I'm excited.
2: I'm excited too. So we, basically what we did was we just kind of planned separately. So Danny's like, what questions are you gonna ask me? She's all nervous. Look at her, she's all nervous right now. I'm red. And she's bright red. But I think um, that this is going to be fun for us.
1: Oh my goodness. Oh, and we asked some people to ask questions on the Instagram page, but it was only a few minutes ago. So we only have few, and we'll throw those in at the end. Okay, so who's gonna go
2: first? Well, we can start. I'll start like, a just get us a little momentum. So we're not gonna start with like the super hard ones. To start, but one of my favorite questions to ask is if you could have dinner with three people, living or not, anyone in the world, I know you've answered this question before. What three people would you like to have dinner with?
1: I have answered this question before, and now I can't remember, except I do remember the one person that I would say every single time is Taylor Taylor Swift. Swift.
2: So Taylor, if you're listening to this, just know that the invite is open.
1: Taylor, come have dinner. We'll make whatever you want. I won't make it, but somebody will make it. Okay. Living or dead. Taylor Swift. Oh, Jim Rohn. I think Jim Rohn was my one that I answered before. And oh yeah, Santa Claus. I think, <laughs> I think Santa Claus would be a jolly good time. And Taylor Swift would be amazing entertainment. I mean, Taylor, you don't have to work, but maybe we could sing together a little bit and then Jim Rohn's just amazing. Those are my three.
2: I love it. (laughs) See, that was easy. Okay. That that was was, a gimme question.
1: Yeah, that was a gimme question. Okay, so I want to know, really easy, what was your first job?
2: Oh my gosh, I love this. Uh, I don't know if I've actually shared this on the podcast. My first job, I worked as a, this is the the official job title was Friendly Serve Attendant at a mobile gas station. So my very first job, I only got it because a family member worked at mobile and I was 15 years old and you had to be 16 to be able to work somewhere. Cool. So she kind of like got me in and for it was only four weeks long. And I worked eight, eight hours from <laughs> 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. outside in Virginia. If you've ever been in Virginia in the summer, you know, it's super hot. And I wore like a big men's button up and <laughs> a bow tie. Oh, my God and um, just regular like khaki shorts and a fanny pack.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And in the fanny pack were things like, and meanwhile, you guys, this is a self-serve gas this station. This is what Jill
1: still wears today, actually. Yeah, this is my like
2: go-to uniform.
1: <laughs> khakis and fanny pack. <laughs>
2: So the reason why, uh, so first of all, this is a self-serve station. So it wasn't like I was pumping gas. I actually was just talking to people who came in to pump their own gas. And I would check their tires. Oh, I would wow. check their oil. I would wash their windows. And at the time I was only 15 and I was getting hit on by a lot of grown men actually.
1: I'm not surprised, even in that sexy getup.
2: <laughs> I know. And you know what? I was making $7 an hour and I was so excited because most of my friends are making like five fifty.
1: Oh, that's so impressive. Thank I you. wish. Do you have pictures of it?
2: I wish I did. Oh, my God. Oh, my god! My we didn't have smartphones back then in I, the olden days. But I
1: wish we had pictures of that outfit. I know. After that, I got
2: my next job was at the gym and I've been in fitness ever since. But that was my first non-fitness job.
1: Jill, the friendly pump girl. That's it. Know? Friendly
2: serve attendant. <laughs> Um, okay. So how about this one? What piece of advice would you give your 21 year old self?
1: Oh, golly gee, my 21 year old self. I just graduated college. You know what? I would, the, the best advice I would give myself, which I don't know if I would have understood at the time, would be to trust myself and not question or look outside for validation or ask other people's opinions more like just to trust my gut which i think i did a relatively good job but i would just like grab me by the arms and just be like just it'll be your best in your best interest to trust yourself
2: do you remember times that you trusted people who maybe weren't as qualified to make the decisions as you
1: i think i made decisions based on what i thought i should do so Mm. you know i got my degree in physical education because i thought well, I'm supposed to get married and have a family. And so I need a job where I could like be home with the kids. But Mm. I didn't really want to have kids. I just thought that that's what I should do. So I feel like I would have probably made a little bit different decisions had I just kind of gone with what I wanted instead of what I think other people expected of me. So yeah, I don't think I necessarily just like didn't trust I don't know. I just, I was doing a lot thinking of what I think I should do or I thought I should do instead of just going with my own. With my own gut. It's
2: always so interesting. I think at twenty one and probably maybe more like 15 16 sixteen, you're so susceptible to what other people think, especially as a teenager and yeah. when you're in your early twenties, you just have people asking you constantly, like, what are you, what are you doing after school? What's the plan? And <laughs> yep. like you so you feel like you have to have a plan, even yep. if you don't. And so I think it's easy to kind of slot yourself into the cultural script only because we don't have anything else. So I would be interested in how we can even teach, is it even possible to teach 21-year-old to think for themselves? Totally. You know, or do you just need to have more experiences? And then you go, okay, I tried these five things. They didn't work out. Why don't I just do what I actually wanted to do?
1: Yeah. I don't know what it would look like. You know, I wonder what that would look like if we didn't have expectations or just have, you know, would it have been misguided for someone to say, do whatever you want. Don't go to college if you don't want to go right. to college. I mean, I guess we should have expectations. But then again, it's, I, I just don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see in the next few generations. Yep. <laughs> Okay, what is the best bad decision you've ever made?
2: Ooh, best bad decision. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Gosh.
2: Um, I mean, this is a little bit of a, like a scripted answer, but this is the only one I can think of without taking all day to answer this question and think <laughs> about it. Um, It would probably be starting my own business only because it. everyone around me was like, You'll, it won't like it'll fail. 90% okay. of, uh, you know, new businesses fail. It's never going to work. It's so risky. And I think at the time, I got to the point where I couldn't not do it, mm-hmm. even though it was super scary. And so like, I think maybe from again, the cultural script, it was a bad decision because yep. it's most small businesses don't succeed. Yep. Um, you know, and look, I'm still hoping this one succeeds. Like, I mean, I'm still like (laughs) holding out. Right. So I think it, it, um, that would be a traditionally more of a bad decision, but it ended up being such a gift. And I've learned so much through my business, even just about myself, that I would never have had the opportunity to learn if it weren't for that same thing with obviously the affair and things like that too. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Let's get into like a little Mm -hmm, bit, mm -hmm. some spice here. (laughs)
1: We're like eyeing each other, <laughs> Your just face is for getting
2: like- redder and redder.
1: Uh, I'm like looking at my screen, looking at Jill, looking at my screen. Like This is maybe
2: something next? we haven't talked about. And so I know you guys were kind of planning on doing a whole separate episode on dating and sex and all that kind of stuff. You guys have me- have messaged us separately and together, especially if you're in your 30s, 40s and beyond. You've asked to talk more about dating after divorce or things like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I don't know that you've ever talked about this on the podcast. If you did have any fears about being single oh. when you left your mm-hmm. marriage, what was your biggest fear about being single, if you had them?
1: Yeah, my biggest fear about being single, which I did just initially, was being single forever. Like thinking nobody would want me, thinking I'm too old, thinking I'm too ugly, <laughs> thinking I'm too overweight, like all of the insecurities that you could ever come up with.
2: But what's um, the fear of, okay, so if you're single forever,
1: what, why is that scary? well i now it just seems silly i'm like okay that's fine i but i don't know i guess it's the fear that not being good enough or wanted mm-hmm. by somebody now the thought of okay and i know we've had a lot of conversations in, like with each other on this of well what would happen if you were single forever and, and i i was just like i'd be fine i'm okay i like myself but right after it was just like the the rug being pulled out from under you and you just think like you're supposed to be with somebody that's how it's supposed to be so Shoot, I got to find a person, but yeah. anybody just yeah. on the street. Anybody yeah, want to be with me? Okay. Totally. Great. Totally. The pure desperate. You're like, um, you, you look available. It's funny actually speaking of being single and when people try to hook you up, you know, sometimes they don't even take to, into consideration your likes, your preferences, what you're doing. They're just like, "Hey, I know a single guy and you're single." Like, right. Okay. <laughs> um, just because we both are single doesn't mean we're actually going to be a good match. Right. But yeah, I think my biggest fears were just not being being wanted or chosen, yeah. I guess. And now definitely I'm I'm cool with it. Feel like I choose myself? Yeah, now my biggest fear is FOMO. Like, what if there's another better person? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Before
2: early on, you're like, I'll take anybody just to have being back in a relationship, right? Yeah. That's where your identity is. And now it's like, man, now that you've met so many different people and we've met so many great people. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk more about like the dating and stuff too. We've had a lot of experiences. We've met a lot of people in our industry and outside of our industry. And there is, you can go like, wow, this over here is amazing. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never had a time in my life where I was as discerning as I've gotten, right? Because when I met Jade and when you met Nate, both of us were 24. And at that point, we weren't like... I need someone who's this and I need some, there was no, no list was no of no list. qualifications or things we were looking for. I hadn't even had that thought in my mind. And yep. now we have the luxury of being a little bit more discerning. Yep. And so I, I'm like, oh, this person over here is he has a great sense of humor. Like I need someone who's funny. And then this person over here, like isn't yeah. in our industry and that's kind of attractive. Like there's a whole bunch of different things. There's
1: so many more choices now. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's the difference now is that I'm, I like, feel like I need to try them all before I make a decision. It's like, <laughs> I'm like at a buffet and I'm like, I can't just pick one I need meal. to try
2: before I buy. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I love it. Well, I'll ask you the next question. What's the worst part about being single?
2: Ooh, what is the worst part? You know, so the first year that I was single, it was definitely, I've talked about this before. I was really lonely because it was so different, especially when you have that person who you just talk about everything with, you yeah. know, not having that like constant, just like tell me about your day and like just whatever and not having that constant check-in, I was really lonely. And it was just disorienting for me. And so I think that the thing that I don't like about being single, I mean, like, I'm just going to say the thing.
1: <laughs> yep. I <laughs> i know what she's going to say. It's true.
2: Look, I'm a red-blooded woman, okay? And some And I do get, I need to have sex. I need to have human connection. It is my, I mean, I'm not going to like sugarcoat it, but at the same time, if you've ever read the book, The Five Love Languages, my number one love language is physical touch. So it's not necessarily even just like sex. For me, it is definitely like, Physical affection. I mean, I love PDA. Like I'm, and maybe you guys might be surprised to know that about me, but because I don't really show that side of me on like social media and stuff. But for me, I definitely need uh, human connection, physical touch, sex, and I think for me, I've had a couple of little dry spells over the last few years.
1: Jill's a lady in the street, but a freak in the sheets. Yeah, you're
2: asleep in the (laughs) sheets. (laughs) A lady in the street, asleep in the sheets. Asleep in the sheets. Yeah. So like piggybacking on that, what is the number one thing that you're looking for in a partner right now?
1: Mm, mm, if mm, you had to say. Mm. Okay, well. It's always tough. <sighs> somebody that makes, can make me laugh. I, I
2: listed one. Number one thing.
1: Oh, shoot. I was going to make a list. Oh, one thing? One thing? Right now?
2: That was sh- the question.
1: Oh. Okay, we were just kind of talking about this on the walk. Maybe this is the thing. I need the guy to be like, mentally stronger than me. Describe, describe
2: that. It's not what exactly
1: what I'm trying to say, but without making it into five things. So I need a guy who can like hold this shit down because I am all over the freaking place. So I want a guy who can like not boss me around. I don't need to be bossed around, but who's, who's more stable than me, just like has mental stability, physical stability. Because if he's all over the place and I'm all over the place, it is just going to be a, shit show
2: so would you say all over the place you mean like like career wise you mean <laughs> ideas
1: like- moving i mean i'll change my mind a million so i did this tony robbins core <laughs> values quiz like two weeks ago and it says my core my my biggest i don't know if it's core value something driving like that.
2: force or something driving right?
1: force yeah is uncertainty so i think i need somebody who i don't think there's to be certainty because i think that might be too much of a clash but I need somebody who understands my uncertainty and kind of reins me in a little bit. You're a solid so, dude. Yeah, I St- need a solid. Stable. I need a solid, stable dude. Competent. Yep. Okay.
2: All right, men. If you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> sl- slide into the DM.
1: Slide into the DM. Okay. This one what Sex in the City character are you and why?
2: <laughs> this is so funny. So I feel like I've been like every different one of them at different times in my life.
1: By the way, Jill and I watched the entire <laughs> six, seven seasons of Sex and the City over a course of like two months. We literally just spent every Sunday just binge watching because I'd never seen it growing up. I was going to say, I
2: can't believe you made it to 36 years old without seeing yeah. Sex and the City. She was like, what's that? I was like, "Uh." and the funny thing is, is, it came when it came out, we were in college. And at that time, it was funny. Yep. But now it's like real. So it's like, real. yo, this could actually be a scenario that I could see <laughs> happening in my mid 30s <laughs> dating.
1: I think we actually had a lot of the scenarios. So, yeah, we watched it. We're going to have to watch it all again, but we watched the whole thing. And so we had a lot of good laughs on that.
2: So, Charlotte's like a little bit of a goody two shoes. I don't think I'm really that super conservative. Carrie's like an artist type, creative, kind of like your best girl next door vibe. Samantha? is a little promiscuous, but you know, owns her. I I actually really admire that character a lot. And I feel like it really did a lot for women owning their power, not only in the bedroom, but in like career wise. And then Miranda is also very like much in her power career wise. And I think she's a little bit skeptical. She's a little bit in her head about things. And I would probably say that I'm probably closest to
1: Miranda probably do
2: you think that's true
1: yeah yeah why though because Miranda will constantly have like a great person and then she will overthink it and then ask all the questions of like sh- she will totally talk herself out of something that's there's nothing wrong with
2: totally and are you trying like, to say something to me that, that-
1: that's that's jill in a nutshell she'll have like <laughs> everything's great and then she's like but what about and i'm like wait you're creating scenarios that aren't even a problem
2: yet. i prefer the term <laughs> circumspect <laughs> conscientious yeah uh definitely what mind. are you <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was that <laughs> i'd say charlotte <laughs> yeah yeah, we want to talk about Samantha, okay, all right. Do you have any regrets? Mm. um I mean i I'd like to say no, I don't have any regrets in the fact that like I am who I am because of all of the things that have happened, but the one regret I do have and always have had and just it doesn't really matter at this point, but The only thing I always wish had happened was when I gave up my daughter for adoption, I wasn't able to, and and they wouldn't allow us to do this anyway, but I wanted to. I wanted to be able to see her parents when they got her. And that's always something that just Mm. like always wish that it had happened. Mm. And just like I said, it wasn't allowed. I don't know why, but I wish we could have like handed her to them and seen their face. But we had to basically leave her in the room and walk out. So that's my biggest like regret and wish that.
2: That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Do you know?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's just like, you know, it's weird with adoption. A lot of times they're like, maybe the, you don't want to get it, don't want to get attached or right. maybe they make it seem like it's their child. So if, you know, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of things that have shifted in adoption for sure. Nowadays, that's like a lot of times the adoptive parents are in the room when the baby's born. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's one of my biggest like things that I always would wish was different. If I don't necessarily say it's a regret, but kind of like I regret that Not having that moment. Haven't had the experience. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Okay. How many piercings and tattoos do you have and what are they? And Tell me about the story about them. Oh, that's a good question.
2: Um, I have one tattoo and one piercing. Well, I have, I mean, not counting my ears. So I have one tattoo on my left hip and is a Celtic shamrock. I got it in Dublin when I was 21. And the reason why I got it was because my family's very Irish. We talked about that before. And my dad, for him, us growing up, it was extremely important that we understood that we were Irish and that we really identified strongly with it. So he's very into Irish history. He actually lives in Ireland now. So he was always talking about our Irish heritage. And as a child, you just like, it becomes important to you because your dad thinks it's important, uh-huh. right? And we always want approval from our, our our dad. So when I was 21, his birthday present to me was to send my best friend Sally and I to Ireland for a couple of weeks. And it, we had the best summer we had spent at Martha's Vineyard. And then it, we capped it off by going to Ireland for two weeks. And both of us were like, why don't we just get a tattoo? And I was like, well, I'm here in this place. Ireland ah. means a lot to me. And so I got it. I mean, I don't like, I don't love it. I don't not love it. I, yeah. Now for me, I am i don't identify so strongly with it anymore.
1: Yeah. I got chills. I didn't know you got it there. Oh, really? That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I you just got it like in college or something at a bar.
2: Yeah. No, I got it in Dublin. Yeah. So it It has some meaning to me too. And then I have a nose piercing and I, well, I have my ears pierced obviously, but I do have a nose piercing and I got it last year on my 36th birthday with friends when I was in Palm Springs for my birthday. And it was just more of like a, it's, it doesn't really feel like my personality to be honest. And I remember I'd asked you like, is it really me? Like whatever. <laughs> And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, I'll take it out. But I have had my belly button pierced as well, but I took it out when we were competing.
1: Did you do it in high school or college, your belly button? I
2: did it when I was 18, right in college, my freshman year. That
1: was like really my popular. My boyfriend,
2: my college boyfriend got a tongue ring. Ooh. And fun fact, the dude I'm dating now used to have a tongue ring, which is interesting.
1: He doesn't put it in. No. Sometimes. I just wish. A throwback. Nope. <laughs> TBT.
2: <laughs> no. Nope. I
1: remember back then when we were in college or high school, college, Britney Spears had her belly button mm-hmm. pierced. Christine Aguilar, that was really, really popular. Yep. And then tongue rings where everybody was doing that too. I was terrified to get my tongue pierced. I know. It just freaked me out. It just looked weird. Okay.
2: Yeah. So how about this one? It's a little bit spicy, but you don't have to, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> Describe the first time you ever had sex.
1: Oh God, I could do that. I actually wrote a paper on this. (laughs) What? In creative writing, we were you know you get you get a writer's block and I don't know where I read this, but there was some class I took and she said basically if you can't think of something to write, ask yourself because you're sitting there going, "What What should I write? What should I write? What should I write? And turn it to what don't I want to write? And instantly I was like, oh, God, my first time. And so I wrote this paper about my first time.
2: I feel like we did that with the podcast. What do we not want to talk about? Okay, let's fucking talk (laughs) about it. And I think
1: that's why uh, later on when it came to like talking about stuff online, I, I started just using that of like, what do I know I talk about? That's usually the thing I need to talk about. So my first time I actually had, I was the youngest of my friends in gymnastics. I was a freshman when they were like seniors. So... I lived in Las Vegas. I grew up in Vegas. So we would... They would get in the car. They'd drive. I'd be in the back seat. And we would go down the strip all the time. And we'd go down the strip and, like, meet people. And, like, we'd get into some crazy stuff. we end up going off with these guys once. this was funny. This one night... And this, this actually isn't the first time story. But just to give you an idea of what kind of a dork I was. I was super flat chested. So as, like, a joke, my friends, we put, like, seven bras. Like, padded bras on me to, like, make me look like I had boobs. We go down to the strip... And we see these guys, there was like four, there was three guys and four of us girls. So we end up going back to their place. I don't know where their parents were. And I lied and said I was 16, but I was 14. And they said they were 18. And I remember going in their bathroom and seeing one of their IDs and seeing that he was 16. So we were all lying to each other. And so we're all just kind of talking. And then suddenly one of the guys starts making out with one of my girlfriends. Another guy starts making out with a girlfriend. And then now there's two girls and one guy left. And we are just sitting there like, which one's he going to choose? So he starts making out with me. And my girlfriend Julie just leaves, and he, I remember he starts trying to feel me up, and I kept trying to push his hand down because I was like, "He's gonna see I have like, bras <laughs> <on> <laughs> and, no, and no boobs."
2: I think we've all had that experience, but for us, it's like tissue or something, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, long story short, I ended up leaving. But the same group of friends, the girlfriend that would drive, she was a senior, and her sister was in college, so her parents left town. And I actually got a boyfriend at the time. We went to her house, and her sister was throwing a college party and there was lots of alcohol so it was actually also the first time I got no the second time I got drunk took like a bunch of shots of tequila Mm. and he was drunk and I guess what happened was we would go to the bathroom and he's throwing up oh no and laying on the tile floor and for whatever reason I thought this would be a great time to like lose my virginity and I had given... I don't know where I got a condom from. One of my friends gave it to me and I was like, do you still have the condom? And he was like, yeah, it's in my wallet. And I was like, take it out and put it on.
2: So sexy. <laughs> the whole thing sounds amazing. Oh, I can't believe it was your first time I'd take this for you. And
1: I'm making out with him and he tastes like vomit and he smells <gasps> like vomit. And uh, we had sex on the tile floor in the bathroom, which is like, you know, bathroom. It was like one of those bathrooms just with a sink and a toilet. So it's really small. Blood all over the floor. And then... I don't even know. I just remember it hurting and there was blood and then I had to clean up all the mess and like send him to bed. Oh yeah. It was no, It was really like romantic.
2: Well, we do know that Courtney was not conceived.
1: She wasn't conceived at that time. No. Right.
2: <laughs> that would not be the best story. No.
1: We were f- we were safe that first time. Yeah, and good job. it hurt really bad and I guess I just wanted to get it over with. Yeah, And I think that was one of the things I'm like, I'm drunk, let's just get this over with so that I can like say it's done. So yeah, it was really really awesome okay (laughs) so anyway on that (laughs) one what do you judge people for that you probably shouldn't oh
2: this is a hard question because i i'm not gonna i'm not saying that i don't judge people because i definitely do uh but the thing but the nature of judgment is that you think people (laughs) should be judged for it It's like, so for example, you know, I judge people who are unkind to other people, like unkind to servers, unkind to yeah. cashiers. Like I just, you know, don't tip. Like, I mean, stuff like that yeah. really is gross behavior to me. Yeah. So I do judge that. Yeah. Probably maybe not something I shouldn't judge, but something that is probably a little bit more questionable is people who follow rules blindly mm-hmm. I mean so I and obviously I don't want to say like you know just like maybe like religion or something like that I'm definitely not like anti-religion but that's an example of a, a space where and I know we have a lot of listeners who you know are part of the church and part of and and that's totally fine I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it's just for me sometimes mm-hmm. I judge people who don't question things, Mm -hmm. whether that's in politics, whether that's in religion, whether that's just like the cultural script. We did a whole episode on like uh, courage to live an unconventional life, Mm -hmm. which the first thing that we talked about was the ability to ask questions. And so I think I probably judge people who are maybe not independent thinkers, Mm -hmm. which can maybe be a little bit unkind. And I have to kind of catch myself a little bit and be like, okay, well, like they're just on a different track, right? Yeah. They just made different decisions. They're just not at the place that, and it's not that they're worse or I'm better or anything like that, but I think probably that's probably something that I, I want to catch myself doing a little bit more and being a little bit more. And I remember I had this conversation with someone a couple of years ago and they were like, y- you'll know when you're fully like, I don't want say evolved is the word, but you'll know that you're past it when you don't get as uh, the emotional trigger of yeah. like, that feeling of, you know, and and by the way, you guys, the reason why I kind of use religion as an example is only because I grew up very extremely Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I was a CCD teacher. I went to an all girls Catholic high school. I was actually actually a Eucharistic minister at my church. I was fully immersed in the church and it, it was fine. And I had a great experience, but for me, it was, um, Something that wasn't the right fit for me, yeah. but I was following a script blindly. Yeah. And once I started asking questions, because I knew it wasn't the right script because I was constantly in agony over guilt and shame. And I felt like a hypocrite a lot of the time. So I was doing a lot of things that teenage girls were doing that was maybe, you know, not particularly wholesome. And I remember feeling bad all the time, like literally making decisions based on will this get me into heaven or hell? Mm-hmm. And I kind of recognized that that was unhealthy. And so, you know, for me, that was something that I wanted to uh, evaluate and, uh, and kind of move, move forward. So
1: I like that. Thank you.
2: Next question. I want to know the, all the answers for these for you too, but I guess we're just doing back and forth.
1: (laughs) I know. Sometimes I'm like,
2: all right. I do have to ask you this though. I think this is important and, and I'm, I'm willing to share my sense, my two cents on this too. This is getting a little long, but I want to know. Would you ever sleep with a married man, given what has happened? And maybe there's not a cut and dry answer for this, but I'm interested in your thoughts.
1: There's not a cut and dry answer. Because if you would ask me right after, uh, right after I found out to be fair, I was like, hell no. Why would anybody ever do that? It's not fair. Also, I remember there was an opportunity I had in my early 20s or 19 even. And I remember thinking, I shouldn't do this because karma will come around. And then one day when I'm married, my husband will sleep with some. 19 year old chick sure enough well I didn't do it and karma did not did not it failed me but I actually it's interesting because I've thought about this I went on a date once a bumble date and at the date the guy was asking me about my uh my situation I told him that I was um I left my husband and blah 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 I said so what about you you've never been married and he goes oh I'm married and I was like uh okay why are you basically like, why are you on this date if you're married? And he told me he had a, an open relationship and his wife had a boyfriend. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is weird. I started to actually think about why would somebody choose to date a married man? And I think there are, I hate to say this because I, I hate it, but I also, I'm more, I'm less judgmental to the effects of affairs now because I have more understanding of why people do them. So I don't want to judge somebody who's done this because there's lots of reasons. I think the only reason, though, for me to ever date a married man is, is if I just really didn't want a relationship. So I know there's no expectations we're going to be together. But at the same time, I could just do that to somebody not married. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there is that piece that makes it. I don't want to say it. It's the lack of commitment that could actually be a turn on right? Like they always say, oh, women just want a commitment. Well, if something like this happened to you and you're just like, look, I want my life and I don't want to worry about commitment. I don't want a guy talking to me every day. A married guy is great. He's going to leave you alone because he's got his own family. (laughs) But that being said, it's not my first choice. I see there's enough single guys that I could blow off as well. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah, it's not so cut and dry. I, I used to be way more harshly judgmental towards it. And now, you know, and actually we'll do an episode two on the other side of if you're the cheater and I hate to have those people feel in their guilt and shame about it because sometimes you just don't expect you don't think that you're going to be like quote unquote that person and then you are that person and like how does that make you feel so it's not my first choice but I can't say I would never do it I can't say i never have I would like to know you know like that date I went on it's like okay I'm glad he told me right off the bat that yep. I can make a decision and we, d- we went out one more time but we never slept together and yeah, there's it's,
2: it's tough. You know, I will agree with you that, you know, it now having having that happen in our marriage, I can understand it. I think, you know, it's funny we talk to a lot of people who have not gone through what we've gone through and they're like, No questions. If it ha- if I found out that my spouse was cheating on me, I would just get up and leave. And we talked about this before and we were the same way. And now I have I do have a lot more empathy for mm-hmm. why someone would. It doesn't excuse it by the way. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily like, excuse it, but I can see scenarios where someone would want to and that's clear
1: and it's you know something too about let's just say your spouse is sick like a terminal illness or just a long-term illness and I've seen this happen where they have an affair and they're sleeping with somebody and that person is there to provide emotional support that maybe the other person couldn't and so there's so many scenarios and it's it's hard. I ideally I would like the person who's married to just go have a conversation with their spouse. Totally, or just right. end the marriage. Right. You know, and not like try to ruin lives. But it's it's definitely a tricky situation and it's hard to know. Um, you know, Jill and I have some friends that said like we have a friend who was dating a married guy for a couple of years and didn't know. So mm, mm-hmm. I can't yeah, it's
2: <laughs> it is a tough one. You know, I can say this like though if there is a dude, if if a man is married and he's hitting on me, that is uh unattractive to me. Same. It's super unattractive same. to me. I'm like that's just scrub behavior. Like go talk to your wife. Yeah, or I, your partner.
1: I definitely feel the same on that. Yeah. Oh, a couple more? Yeah, my turn. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. What a,
2: Okay. Two more each, so Ooh, if you're so waiting. Good ones.
1: Okay. What is the weirdest thing anyone has ever offered you to do for money?
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Have we not told this story on this podcast yet? Oh, my God. We
1: have not told this story. (laughs) Um,
2: This happened, actually, you guys, just like a year ago. We were in Las Vegas. And I, I don't know. So here's one thing that's really interesting that you guys might find surprising. Because I have, like, really thick thighs and, like, kind of like a big butt, Sometimes on social media or on Instagram, I will get like fetish messages. So we were in Las Vegas and I had posted a bikini photo on Instagram and I tagged one of the pools nearby. So Marquee, which was a day club that we were going to that day. And because I think in Vegas, especially there are like people are checking the like on the geotags and everything. So I got a lot of people who either like actually one guy showed up to Marquee (laughs) after seeing my geotag. And was like, I just love your body and this and that. Like, that was kind of odd. But I got this message from a dude after I posted this photo and a message on Instagram. And he said, I will give you $10,000 to step on a tiny pet creature. In your heels. Oh, in my heels. Yeah. I have to wear heels that he was going to provide. Yep. Platform heels. (laughs) And he would give me $10,000 to step on a tiny pet creature. So, first question was, "What is the creature?" First of all, I, I'm not thinking about doing it, but out of curiosity, Jill sake, was what like, are you "Not about? even
1: gonna respond." I was like, "No, take the money. You should do it." What is the creature? She goes, "She goes.
2: Have them send you a picture of the animal." Okay. So, first of all, you used to know, I was, I was like, "No, this is gross. And delete," which is probably what I should have done. But Danny, <laughs> being the bad influence that she is, wanted me to keep the conversation going, so we asked more clarifying questions. So I didn't want to see a picture. I said, "What kind of animal?" And he sent a picture.
1: Well, first he said like a rodent.
2: Yeah, he said like kind of like a rodent, tiny pet rodent thingy. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, I don't want to step on even a rodent. So, but I'm I was like, like nope.
1: okay, what if it's like a little rat or something? And then didn't he up the price? I thought he yeah, so to he like increased it to a fifteen
2: grand. <laughs> okay. So then he increased it to fifteen thousand dollars, and he said, "You can do it. I'll do it once a month with you." Once a month. So basically he was like, what's that salary? That'd be like 160 grand or something, like (laughs) 170 grand a year. If I just did it one time per month for $15,000, right? Uh, So I said, what kind of animal or something like that? And he just often sends a photo and it is a, it's a kitten. It
1: was a baby Baby kitten. kitten. Oh, he screamed. Oh my God,
2: we screamed. It was the worst, you guys. And after that, I was just like, I go, hell no. And then deleted the thing. But yeah, that was the most interesting. But yeah, so sometimes I get, I get, I do get some fetish people, which is like, I mean, everyone has their fetishes, but I'm not about to hurt innocent animals.
1: Offering you 15K to step on a little kid. Ugh. Okay.
2: Are we getting spicy? couple more. (laughs) Yep. What is the funniest or weirdest date you've gone on in the last two years?
1: Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I even begin? I mean, should I just talk about whatsyourprice.com or?
2: <laughs> this is your stage. You can uh, answer it however you yeah, are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll just tell that story. I wasn't the weirdest actual date, but it was the weirdest idea. So you guys know I do find the money project and I was like, I don't know. I was on Pinterest and I found this blog about, you know, little ways to make side gig money. And I'm always trying to look different ways to make money or like put it in find the money project. And I went to this blog and it was like, you can date, like earn extra money dating. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I'm already dating all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to this website and it's called whatsyourprice.com. And basically these dudes will pay you to go on a date with them. And I thought, okay, let's, let's see what this is all about. And I don't know, like I was thinking, is this like, are they going to pay me for sex? Is like, I don't really know what, what it was going to be. I, was a little bit terrified but I made sure that everybody knew I was going on this date and I actually ended up going on two of these dates I would say the guys that I went with I wouldn't necessarily have swiped on bumble and they were fine like the dinner was fine it was just like normal conversation and then what was just so awkward is at the end the guy just like hands a hundred dollar bill and just like here and just pays me at the end (laughs) just so awkward. And I'm just like, thanks. I just shove it in my purse really fast. Of course, then I did it again. Same thing happened. Another guy gives me a hundred bucks right after. And I was like thinking I should just do this as a part-time job. Just go on these dates, get free meals and get paid a hundred dollars. But that stuff was so bizarre. It's just so weird. And I guess the idea behind what's your price is that it's to show that guys are really serious about your time. Cause I think too many people get like their times wasted and they're like, this is so stupid and so they want it to be like serious but mm-hmm. i i'm not really sure it wasn't guys that i would actually date again or ever would have dated in the first place had they not been paying me.
2: that's so interesting <laughs> so would you recommend it as a strategy for find the money or not
1: uh i think i would recommend it as strategy for find the money if you need some quick gas money and you know you're a good date i think i'm a good date
2: so there's no no <laughs> strengths
1: no no strengths at least according to the site at least the guys that i went out with there's supposedly no strings. I mean, I'm sure they could be. So the website
2: doesn't capture the money. They just give you cash.
1: They give you cash. Yeah. That's the thing. So it's not through, it's like
2: an Airbnb or like. Yeah. You do have to
1: like, I guess I was reading on some of it that they should pay you right away in case they don't pay you. Luckily the two guys did pay me, but supposedly you should just, but that I thought would be weirder. Like give me the money. Okay. Let's sit down. So I waited till the end, but. Maybe it would have been smarter just in case that I would have got the payment up front. But yeah, they don't capture it. It's just all like on the honor system. It's so weird. That is weird. So, so so weird. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. I'm like blushing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do you think? What's one thing people think about you but isn't true? One thing you think that people think Mm -hmm. about you but isn't Mm -hmm. true?
2: God, you'd probably be a better person to answer this question about me. Um, I think one of the things, and I don't know that it's like, I don't want to say that it's not true because people are entitled to their perception and their opinion for sure. I think one thing that maybe is a little bit of a misconception or that is isn't a full maybe representation of, and you said this, we were, I was asking you about this, like if you had to describe, I was taking the Tony Robbins thing and I Mm -hmm. sent you the question and it was like, the, the thing was, what would your best friend say about you? What characteristic? And you said generous. Mm-hmm. There was like powerful. And I was like, I think probably maybe if someone's following me on social media or I listen to the podcast, they probably think like, oh, Jill's like she's strong or whatever. Strong woman. I think that's true. Yeah, I think one thing that sometimes gets missed or is not always expressed over the Internet well is that I have a really warm side to me and a really sensitive side to me. And so I think sometimes I can come off a little bit um, inaccessible. I feel like I can maybe come off a little bit cold at times, a little bit. I mean, I'm definitely focused, so that is true. But like busy maybe, or focused, you know, maybe doesn't have time for people. Because I, I am very boundary heavy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that can maybe come off a little bit cold or unkind. I, but I think every one of my closest and best friends would say that that's not true.
1: Do you think people think you're dominant in bed?
2: Oh, my God. I think probably people do. Well, there's two sides of it, right? Because I think people see a strong woman, they think like, oh, she likes to be the dominant one. But you and I both know that there's this like subtle kind of, and Agar says this too, by the way, that women who have to be a little bit more like, you know, uh, dominant in their business life and career driven. Yeah. And I'm not saying this, um, this is a generalization. But in general, if we show up kind of like alpha females in our business, sometimes yeah. we like to be submissive in bed. And so I don't know if people believe that or not, but I'll just come out and tell you that I'm I am not dominant in bed. I like being submissive.
1: I like to be dominated.
2: Okay, last question <laughs> for each of us. Okay. This one, have you ever sent nude photos?
1: Uh, yes, uh early. You know what's weird? I've sent nude photos early on with Nate. And that was like when the phone quality was really bad. <laughs>
2: It was really crazy.
1: Uh, yeah. I it was can't like, see. Is that
2: a, is that a foot like or what is that?
1: <laughs> I mean, I did some weird ones, but lately, no. I'll tell you why. I'm scared of accidentally sending them to the wrong people because I got a good friend of mine that I grew up with. She accidentally, and I think it was her two-year-old that sent me, but she sent me some pictures of her tits that was not meant f- for me, obviously. <laughs> And ever since then, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And then I actually sent on accident. I have this little family text and it was not really, it wasn't nude, but it was kind of sexier and I accidentally sent it to them. And so I'm so terrified that I will send nude photos to the wrong person. I'm not saying I won't. I just will be, I will double, triple, quadruple check.
2: Does someone need to be at a certain level of emotional intimacy with you? for you to do that yeah
1: yeah i mean actually i was just talking to this guy like recently i just got on a new dating app which i don't know if this is a good idea bad idea but it was like a week ago and he's already asked me to send photos i'm like no we haven't even met
2: you sent like, a selfie just face selfie yeah i yeah.
1: sent him like a photos that i have posted online i'm like okay i, I the my thought is that if a girl sending you wait you, you sent pictures
2: that are already on the internet no yeah. exclusives
1: no i've never met him yet if i'll send exclusives to guys that earn it they need to earn it okay because i'm thinking yeah i probably two years ago when i first separated i would have done it because i just didn't know but now i'm like no if a, if one if a girl is sending you photos like that and you haven't met then you're gonna assume she's sending it to everybody and two then i and i've never met him then what's he like He's got to earn the damn thing. That's what I got to say. He's got okay. to earn the photos. I like it. That way he will feel special if I do yep. send them.
2: I like it. You have boundaries. You have, you have hoops that people have to jump through. Yeah, I want them to jump through all the hoops. Nice.
1: And maybe I will send more nudes just with no face. Yep. I'm trying to figure that out. But I don't have a boyfriend to send it to. So I just send nudes to Jill. Actually, I'll, tell, <laughs> I'll just tell this right now. Jill takes great nudes. And she sent them to me as ideas. And one of our girlfriends. And she calls it the pinterest of
2: what would you call yeah, it yeah the pinterest of nudes pinterest of nudes. pinterest for nudes
1: yeah jill's got a good pinterest for nudes so now i'm actually looking forward to having a boyfriend that i could send nudes to and now i know how because you to have do some them. ideas We yeah. have a mood board yeah we have a mood board i like <laughs> a nude it. board so i will send mood, i will send my mood nude board but it's got to be it's got to be earned i'm not going to just send it to any rando that's requesting fyi any guy listening i'm not sending you nudes yeah i was gonna say
2: i don't like i don't i have not sent them to just anyone i was dating like or just talking to for sure
1: yeah there's got to be definitely a level of okay commitment Hmm. of some sort that was the last question for me huh okay so let me see what is the worst and the best thing about being a girl oh um
2: man it's hard because I don't think there's that many things that are not amazing about being a woman. Um, I would say if I had to say maybe the hardest thing or the toughest thing about for me being a woman is that I think sometimes people assume that you um, are or treat you like you're a little bit of a pushover. Like I've had that experience or people like assume that you – I've had a couple of, you know, I don't want to say it's not just men or whatever, but kind of like almost because they didn't really know me, kind mm-hmm. of like snap at me. Actually, a good friend of mine's boyfriend at mm-hmm. one point, like kind of snapped at me and I was kind of like, who does he think he's talking to? And <laughs> I like turned into like the Hulk because I, and so I think sometimes women were underestimated mm-hmm. by society. I think we're underestimated and not all the time, but I think by, you know, maybe um, members of the opposite sex or whatever. I think sometimes we do get underestimated and I don't like that. I mean, again, it does leave you an opportunity to like really prove yourself, but I would say that's probably the hardest thing at times. And then the best thing is, I mean, honestly, everything. I love being a woman. I think that we get to, and I think maybe men don't have this luxury. I think we get to show the full range of emotions. I think we get to be powerful. I think we get to be confident. I think we get to be soft. I think we get to be sensitive. I think we get to be warm and caring and maternal at the same time. And a lot of women I've talked to feel trapped by a lot of those dichotomies. I think Mm -hmm. it can feel overwhelming. Like we're expected to be strong and we're expected to be confident. We're expected to be like powerhouses on one hand. And then we're also expected to like, you know, cook and clean and be maternal and do all these things. I enjoy being able to be all those roles. And being them when I want to be. And I think that's a luxury because I don't have children. So I think for me, I don't have to be in like the, the maternal kind of mom role. I get to be that when I want to be yep. in certain scenarios. So I think with women, I like the fact that we are able to have a lot of range and society allows for the space for that. Like women are able to show up powerful and they're able to also, you know, show up and kind of be a little bit more soft and more warm and maternal and and vulnerable. And I don't know that men always have that ability. I like it. Yeah i'm just a
1: girl we do have other questions but world. it's getting a little bit long
2: so you guys you can tell us this is interesting or not i think it's interesting conversation around the questions and if you guys have any like random we didn't hit any questions that you are interested in maybe we can do a part two yeah if you of like this, this we'll maybe do it it's again. gonna be like maybe it's gonna be hotter though maybe it's gonna be like 2.0 Ooh. ramp up the spice level <laughs> or maybe we'll leave that for the dating and sex episode i don't know But let us know if you guys like it. Make sure that if you um, like the episode or if you're hopefully you guys are subscribed on iTunes and everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And if you would, we would obviously love for you guys to leave a review, a very honest review. So, you know, good, the bad, the ugly, any constructive criticism, any things that you are loving about it would be super useful to us to leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, join our free group on Facebook to join the discussion. You can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and it will reroute to our closed Facebook group. Request to join and you can join the conversation there. Anything else we missed? We'll see you in the next episode. All right. See you guys.